happy Tuesday. Now today I have such a massive pleasure of bringing to you an interview with an incredible human being, um, someone that is a performer, musical theatre performer, and a headshot photographer for performers, for actors, singers, dancers, cruise ship performers, all those kind of things. And she's going to bring essentially her story, how she actually started her business alongside her performing, what inspired her, her experience as a performer, and then how she's actually used that knowledge to really help people, actresses and actors, get the best possible headshots for their performing career and lots of kind of tips and tricks we can take to make sure that when we go into our headshot sessions, we really know what we're doing. So for those who don't know me, hello, my name is Hayley Mabry. I am a professional musical theatre performer, successful business owner and absolute personal development geek. And I'm so excited to take you guys into this episode and interview today. Enjoy. Hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> good. Really good. It's so nice to finally meet you. My goodness. Yeah. And you. This feels really strange because I'm normally the one that's doing the interviewing. <laughs> I saw your your Instagram story. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to waffle on. We love waffling over here. Yeah. Like the more <laughs> yeah. waffling, the better. So that's fantastic. <laughs> so we haven't actually met before. So it's so nice to meet you. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on. No, it's fine. I was flattered. It was oh really nice. Of course. So guys, Charlotte was recommended by a mutual friend of mine, actually, Paul, who runs the Headshot Box. I yeah, like, I love Paul. Yeah, oh my goodness. He's such a sweetheart, isn't he? So yeah. So he's interview for this. I was like, oh, chat Charlotte. Chat Charlotte. She's going to be fantastic. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah, I know. I've tried, to, I've tried to get Paul onto a live stream before, but he's like, nope, not doing it. My hair. I'm like, all right, okay. <laughs> He was very firmly in the know for him actually coming on. So I was like, that's fine. That's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I waffle. I chat. I'm I'm fine. That is perfect. Honestly, the more waffling, the better. That's so Do brilliant. you know what? I did um, live streams. I In, the, in lockdown 1.0, I did, um, I did live streams throughout the whole thing. And I love doing it. Yeah. And it, it actually, um, I connected with so many different people that mm. I'm now great friends with and I chat to all the time. And it's people that I've always admired. Um, I even, so my mum, uh, last Christmas, she got me a book on a photographer. He's called Peter Hurley and he's like one of the leading New York photographers. And I've always had the mentality, don't ask, don't get. So true. So and true. I just said, do you know what? I'm just going to pop him a message on Instagram just see if he's interested in doing one. He literally messaged back saying, yeah, great, cool. When do you want to do it? I was like, oh. mind blown. It was great. <laughs> I was so nervous though. I was like, hi. <laughs> that kind of stuff is absolutely terrifying, isn't it? But like you say, like, yeah. what's the worst that's going to happen? They're either going to ghost you or they're going to say no. Yeah, exactly. That's what I always say to people when they're messaging, like if they want to message a casting director or email yeah. or an agent or anything, I say, guys, what's the worst that's going to happen? The worst that's going to happen is they don't reply. The best that's going to happen oh is they say, great, do you want to come in at two? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? 100%. I always 100%. say, just don't ask, you don't get. Sometimes it takes like just 20 seconds of courage to do it. And then once you've done it, it's kind of just done. I totally agree. Totally agree. It's kind of just like count down from five and then just press send. And just don't even yeah. look. Just press I don't, send. No, I don't. I don't. It's like yeah. a tax return thing. You fill it out. You, you click send you close your eyes and just pray <laughs> just hope that you've done it right That's exactly yeah what I've done it right and then then you worry about how much you owe mm, so true oh my gosh i yeah. love that analogy of the tax that's so brilliant yeah <laughs> so it's it's like, life tax for those that don't know you can you tell a little bit about your background about 
about your story basically yeah, I know you've got, so, you've got quite a few arrows in your bow yeah so I trained as a performer um so I studied at Bird College mm. um I graduated in 2016 no 15 god it seems a long time ago now <laughs> um I did a foundation year before I did the three years so I did because I didn't really know if the college was for me um and I think you get that quite a lot as before like a lot of performers do that they not jump ship but they kind of realize that after a certain amount of time that college isn't for them and at the time I really wanted to go down the more singing acting route I wanted to go to like arts I wanted to go to Mount View Guildford and they just said come back get more experience so I took a foundation I was lucky enough that my parents were able to let me do the foundation because mm. they're expensive oh my goodness. they're not cheap mm. um and you get no funding either because it's not like a degree or a diploma where you can get government funding um and then I got into the degree course at Bird and I didn't get into the colleges I wanted to um so I went do you know what I'll go to Bird um and I love I did love my time there it was hard mm. right it, and it was hard um but yeah no I did I, I I enjoyed my time there um and then I struggled with auditions like auditioning was difficult especially within that first couple of year period um I suffered quite badly with like body dysmorphia and throughout college I suffered quite badly with eating disorders and just self-confidence self-esteem and it's difficult it's so hard especially when and I mean I wasn't a bigger girl but because I was curvier you stand next to someone that's a size six or a beautiful six pack and there's me in a leotard and tight staring yourself in the mirror constantly or you've got teachers that say oh I think you should just tone or I went to I um I went to the physio nearly once a week and it was like Weight Watchers. At the physio? I was, yeah, I was put on the scales and told that I needed to, you know, if you, if you just lost this or if your BMI was this. And so oh, it was cool. constantly just embedded in my brain. Um, and it really affected me when I started auditioning. And even when I did lose weight and I was obsessed with the gym, I was obsessed with my fitness, I was obsessed with food. Even when I started auditioning, um, I would have a mentality of, well, I'm not going to get this because I'm too big. Mm. I'm not going to get this because I'm not good enough. And that's the sh shitty thing about college sometimes. Yeah. And when we are training as performers, we're never told we are good enough. We're always told, no, you need to work on this or no, you need to do that or no, you need to improve on this. So when you do do badly at an audition or you get cut or you get far and then it's a cut you get, you think why 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 didn't I get it is it is it my fault am I doing something wrong is it because of this is it because of that and then you start being really self-critical um yeah. and then your self-esteem drops and then on top of that I was working in crappy jobs I hated so I was working nights as a bar as a in bar work um for four years I was working in bar work um and I I mean there was moments that I liked it but it was hard and you have to do those kind of jobs to kind of just pay your rent and to kind of 
pull you away um and yeah it, it was it was just really it was really difficult when I was when I after I was training and then when I was doing bar work then trying to find the time to audition and balancing money and then just normal life like I wanted to go on holiday and then I'd made, be made to feel bad for wanting to go on holiday and all those kind of things so about three three years into yeah three years into auditioning so I'd done a couple of things like a couple of like short films and and got a far for like cruises and it was just a constant like battle of you're right but not this time mm. or maybe wait a couple of years until your casting's a bit older or you need to just improve your singing just a little bit more or this just isn't right or it was a constant stream of you you're nearly there but you're not there so I got to a point where I was just really mentally down and I didn't, I was lost. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, where I was going. I was working in a bar. I wasn't, I didn't, personally, I didn't feel like I had much prospect. Um, and then my friends and I decided we wanted to go to Bali for a month. Love I that. know you, you <laughs> Aussies, you love Bali. <laughs> we do. We genuinely do. <laughs> Gilly tea is like your Magaloo. <laughs> I love that you said that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we decided we wanted to go to Bali and it was my birthday, I think. And my parents just turned around to me and said, look, what do you want for your birthday? Do you want money? And I just turned around and said, look, if you give me money, it's going to go on rent. It's going to go on council tax. It's going to go on life. I was like, and if I want something, I'll just go and get it. I, you get to a certain age with presents, I think, when mm. you don't actually want anything. It's, and I said, get me something that I might like. And so they bought me a little tiny camera um, to go to Bali with and to just kind of relax with, if, if that makes sense. Because, I mean, as performers, we've done, and I tell clients this all the time, like, performing to us it's our career and it was a hobby like for me it was a hobby from the age of two and that's all I knew from the age of two right up until the age of 20 21 22 when I graduated and that's all our lives were you know we'd go to school then we'd go to dance school then on the weekends we'd go to dance classes and then we might teach a dance class and then we'd go to a <laughs> festival or we'd then go watch a show like our whole lives are literally just performing and dancing and then when you take some of that love and enjoyment away from performing because it then turns into a full-time business and a career you add a hell of a lot of pressure anxiety and it's a lot it is a lot so my parents they just thought you know like we'll just buy you a camera something for you to do just any spare time and it did so to begin with so before I went to Bali I just was I walk around and I take photos of I mean plants and trees and bugs and anything I kind of could like if I was having a day where I just felt a bit crap and then when I went to Bali I fell in love with taking photos I think the place kind of just like set me up for it anyway. Um, and I really wish that I could go back and take photos again. Um, 
just because the, the quality of my photos weren't great back then. But, oh, um, I <laughs> yeah. but no, I, it, I fell in love with taking photos. And then when I got back, um, I was scrolling through all the photos that I'd kind of taken. And the ones that I was drawn to and the ones that I was kind of posting on my Instagram were of people. Mm. Um, and I love, I love people. I love, I love watching people and I love studying people. Mm. I've always been that person that will sit on a tube and the first thing I'll do is I'll stare at their shoes. Oh, why their shoes? That's I cool. think you could tell a lot from someone's shoes. Seriously, the next next time you're you're on like a bus or you're on a train, just stare at their shoes. And I, because I I tend to make up stories for them in my head. I go, oh, I bet that person's a really hardworking person, or that person she works in an office because she's wearing trainers and she's got tights on, so she must have high heels and a bag. And oh, I love that. I yeah. think that's very much the actor in you as well. Yeah, I do. I love I love studying studying mm -hmm. faces and studying people and working out mannerisms or how someone or like for example I love watching like first dates if I'm sat in a pub mm, same any kind of date I love watching like oh, it's where they're at where they're at in a relationship what they're talking about yeah. have they held hands yet what's going on it's brilliant it's the mannerisms I'm like oh is he into her or oh oh, oh it's going well but yeah no I love it so that's kind of how I started out um and then because I trained at bird and i actually live literally down the road from bird i had the beauty of subjects <laughs> um <laughs> literally it was the beauty of having subjects so mm. i would just get friends of mine to start off with and i'd just say look like do you guys want to just muck around with the camera i mean when i was at college i did um the odd bit of like amateur modeling um and I used to do a little bit of modelling for like wedding photographers. So a lot of wedding photographers, secret, a lot of wedding photographers, they actually employ models and dress designers and they go to a venue and they'll take beautiful images for their portfolio to show to potential clients. But they're not real brides and, and no, grooms. Oh, not most of them are, but obviously, like, no, that makes sense, though. if you yeah. see a, like a beautiful image, you're like, how did you capture that? It was complete nine times out of ten. It's it's staged. Wow. <laughs> um, so, I used to, so I used to do that whilst I was at college. So mm. I was that nosy model that would ask about lighting or ask about the camera or just how to do something. So I kind of had a bit of knowledge of like how to compose someone when I was starting anyway. And I used to just say, well, how would I want to be positioned and how would I want to be photographed? And that's kind of how I started with, with like helping people kind of like position themselves. Mm. Um, and yeah, it got to a point where I was working in a bar and I was shooting loads and loads of people and I was so busy just, I was just doing free shoots. It was all completely free because I just really enjoyed doing it. Wow. And I actually found that because I was doing something else that I loved and I enjoyed, my performing work started to pick up. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so yeah so because i was going to auditions and i wasn't thinking i really don't want to go back to this bar work 
I really, I really don't. It was a case of that's fine if I don't get it. I'm also doing something else that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. If like I'm, I'm, I've also got something that I love to do, so I don't really mind if it doesn't work. And um, yeah, so I then got my first like nice gig, and I did that in Oman in the Middle East. Oh, wow. um, yeah, and I did a kind of like it was like a Disney Beauty and the Beast show for like a month and a half and it was really really good and I loved it and I enjoyed it and I was lucky when I was out there that we had loads of perform there was I think 40 of us performers out there at the time so I had that whole time to just shoot as many people as I wanted gain a portfolio um and then when I came back I was trying to juggle shooting people and working in a bar and someone turned around to me and said char why don't you just start charging and I went, well, I can't start charging because, I mean, I'm not qualified. <laughs> I don't feel qualified. Like, I didn't train in it. I didn't go to course. I didn't, like, I've literally just picked up a camera. Um, <laughs> literally, that's literally how it started. But mm. it's how quite a lot of photographers start, though. A lot of, head, like, headshot photographers. It's how we kind of started as actors. And then we just kind of roll into it. Yeah, and I think it's such a great way to have, like you say, perspective on both sides. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, how you want it. It's definitely helped in the long run. Mm -hmm. It's definitely helped in the long run. But yeah, so I got so busy doing that. I started charging, and it was only charging for my time. And then after a few weeks, I went, "Well, I want a new lens because camera equipment's expensive." Mm -hmm. Um, So then I started charging a bit more and I was still fully booked and I started charging a little bit more and I was fully booked. And then someone said, you need a website. So I did my, (laughs) you do need a website. Can't just do it on Instagram. So I then did my website myself and I still do. Um, Wix is a brilliant bit of software. It is, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is, especially if you're not a technophobe. (laughs) Because... I'm not good with technology at all, but Wix is great to use. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I got a website done and all of a sudden I was more booked and then I took the leap and I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to drop my bar work or I'm going to just really drop the hours that I work. Wow. Um, and then cut to just before Corona, I was shooting between 35 and 40 clients a month. crazy huge yeah and I mean I even managed to get my own studio in August which I mean thanks to thanks to Miss Rona I had to um because obviously I couldn't work from home and I couldn't Mm. really do anything other than get my own studio so I just took the bullet and I just went you know what I'm gonna get my own studio I've got to start working if people don't come then I'll just I'll just like end the studio kind of lease but no I've been fully booked right up until this lockdown which is crazy that is phenomenal honestly like taking that leap I think it's always very scary making that extra investment being like right I actually need to have this many books before this um but I think it's kind of it's kind of good in a way it kind of closes that back door doesn't it you've just got to make it work yeah I mean it's like I mean I still have to like keep reminding myself that I've actually got a business Um, (laughs) because yeah, it, it is because i because i enjoy doing it so for yeah. me it doesn't feel like work and i always say to people if you do something that you love it's not a job and i suppose that's what's the beauty of 
you know, when you're a performer as well, like you're doing something that you really enjoy and you really love to do. Yeah, I love that. I love that you said that so much. And I think there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of people in my audience, but also performers in general that have started another business. Yeah. Year. It just, and it do you know sense. what? I think, and I, I tell, because I get quite a lot of 2020 graduates come through the door and 2021 grads. And I mean, performers in general, but I mean, I, the question that gets asked quite a lot in a session is, so why are you a photographer? So <laughs> I, I always tell them that it's so important not for any other reason but your mental health to not have a backup i hate the word backup mm. but to have just something else you enjoy alongside whether that be knitting or whether that be personal being a personal trainer or being a makeup artist or just doing something if it gets paid then amazing great but mm. if it doesn't it's also fine that is so true Again, touching on what you said about, you know, our hobby turning into our career. Yeah. Performing used to be what we did just for joy. And it would just give us lots of happiness and love and great things. But now yeah. when it's a career, there are negative parts that come about it. Sometimes we're not going to feel great when we think about our performing career, you know. So having something that we love anyway, I think that's so important. So Yeah, it's, it's so important to have something mm. else that we kind of just enjoy and that we can kind of relax with. I mean... Now I get the same stress and anxiety I used to get performing with being a photographer, but that's just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a constant battle now with, really? are people going to book? Am I good enough? Or it's that kind, it's social media and you see someone's headshots or you see someone's photos and you're like, oh, they went to that person or, oh, well, that works really great. And then you start looking at your own work and you go, oh, my work's crap. But it's, 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 it's because of the performer in me that's going, you're not good enough, you're not good enough. And it's kind of just a mindset that just has to kind of change. And I mean, we all have good days and we all have bad days, I suppose. Yeah, every so kind true. of industry we're in. It's so true. And I think for people that work at a very high level, like performers, like successful photographers as well, we do need to have an element of that comparison because that's how we improve. Yeah. But it can be toxic at the same time. So it's so hard to find find that balance. I love that you touched on just the mindset of it in general. Um, because I'd love to I'd love to pick your brain a little bit. When you started <laughs> of course Go for when it. you started the transition to actually charging for your photos and then yeah. kind of boosting the price up and up. Did you because I know a lot of people that start their business and start off as just a love job, something they really, really enjoy. When they transition to charging people for it, they just start to second guess themselves even more you know am I worth this and just yeah. really struggling with that so how did you kind of tackle that how did you overcome with come that or are you still feeling it oh I hated it I yeah I, <laughs> I I remember the day where I decided that I was going to start charging and I think I only started charging 45 pounds for I think they got wow. something like 10 images but it was because I was <laughs> like okay I'm just going to give them as much as they physically can because I feel really bad um because it is it's difficult because you know I didn't it's not like I've trained as a like I trained in photography or I went to university and studied a degree I kind of just picked up a camera pressed some buttons and went <laughs> okay I'm a photographer now um yeah. but it's a confidence thing I think and after a while I started to realize that actually agents were recommending people to me um because they enjoyed my work and they liked what I was producing um and I then had other photographers say no you need to start charging more like 
like as a community of photographers it's the same as performers like we all talk we're all friends like it's not a a real bitchy atmosphere where people say oh well you went to so and so and this person like why did you go there like we're all we all speak and we all chat and I mean to be fair I've had a lot of help from a lot of the photographers just in regards to how do I like something or what do you think of this image or how can I improve it um but yeah, no, it was quite a, a struggle when I first started charging. And then it got to a point where I was charging, I think, mid-range. And I mean, I'm still, I still am in the mid-range. And I wanted to stay in the mid-range because I was a performer. I get it. Headshots can be expensive. Mm. Um, and when I started doing it, there wasn't many photographers that were charging mid-range. And I say like mid-range from like 150 to 250 That's for really cool. headshots mm. um it was either your friends do it or you get them or you get them done and they you're gonna get them redone because they're not great or you pay five six hundred pounds for a portfolio there yeah. wasn't that kind of mid-range and it was also a case of well you need to go to just this one person and i mean he's he's an amazing photographer and i love him but it was either you go to him or you go to no one. Mm -hmm. So it kind of started to slowly change when more photographers kind of started to emerge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I started just increasing my prices very slowly and it was very slow. And I mean, I get a lot of people still that say, oh, you're, you're way too cheap for like what you, what you do and what you produce. Like you should be charging a hell of a lot more. And I go, I, I can't charge people that. I do, I, 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 I'm not that person. I can't charge <laughs> people that. Um, but yeah, it's difficult. It's still a battle. It's still a battle. Because mm. sometimes I see my work and say, oh, I can't be charging what I'm doing. Like, like, I can't charge people for that. That's like, why am I charging? Or I'll say, or I'll say okay, I've done a lot of work today. And I've only earned this. And it's got mm. to then go back into a business which people forget like I've now got a studio and that costs a lot of money and I've also got a lot of camera equipment it mm. doesn't all come cheap so everything I kind of earn profit wise then goes back into the business yeah yeah 100% so then yeah I think the main gypsies are there which are really helpful are just like test the waters yeah let's increase just a little bit see how people react like it's also I think as well I mean I wish I learned it a little bit sooner um, and as a performer as well, it's know your worth. Yeah. And mm. it's, it's, it's okay to, I mean, I wish that I just went straight in at a certain price rather than eking, eking it up. Okay. I wish that I went straight in at like a, a mid range price. This is what I am. And I was a bit more confident at doing it. Mm. Um, but I think that's because I'm, I used to be, and I still can be quite an insecure person. Um, but I think if you're a bit more confident, and you're more confident in what you do I think yeah just go for it just if, if you're ballsy and you're gutsy charge it if yeah. people want to book you because they enjoy your work and they like your work they'll pay it it's so true so true I love the part that worth so so true and then just you know looking at other people's work that are char charging different amounts see where you think yeah. yours fits ask for feedback from other people like you did I think that's amazing having that network of people that you can just be like what do you think of this should I work on this yeah should I be charging more having that like mastermind group there to just pick their brains is so good so so good i love that 
But I need to actually get down to my written down questions. I don't even know what. <laughs> what they were, let me have a look. I told you we can waffle. I know, and I love it so much. I love it so much. Okay, let me have a look. Oh, yes. So in your experience, what do you find that casting directors, because obviously you've gotten a lot of recommendations from agents, so you know what people yes. are after, which is awesome. What do you find people look for most of all? Um, well, performers forget that, so for example, if you're being submitted via Spotlight, mm. um, a casting director will see a tiny little thumbnail mm. of your headshot. So they can narrow the search down. So say, for example, Wicked is looking for one brunette, five foot six dancer. They mm. can actually filter like we would if we were shopping for performers. <laughs> Definitely yeah. they can. Mm. So all that they see is a tiny little thumbnail. So we, we need something that kind of makes us stand out that will not, that, so they can actually stop and they'll go, oh, okay, she looks nice or she looks nice. I always say that casting directors look for like the best version of you. Mm. It, don't, don't try tricking casting directors or agents or anyone because if you're going in for tv and film for example and you've got this beautiful glossy headshot and you walk into the room and you've got a scar or you've got a birthmark and they see your headshot and they see you and you're not ex you're not what they were expecting to see mm. so always make sure that your headshots represent your true self yeah and sometimes it doesn't sometimes not necessarily the prettiest headshots are the ones that get you seen especially if you're a girl because i know girls they like to look all glam and sometimes that's not the the headshot that they're looking for i mean it's individuality and uniqueness i think yeah i love i love what, what you said about not necessarily being pretty because that was something i noticed when i got like, my last headshots done as well i was like oh i look really nice in this don't look great in this but my agent was like no go with this one go with yeah. this one. I was like oh no really so I can't even like look at them that much but yeah I, I tend to inside. in sessions mm. in my session so on my when once a client has kind of once our session has ended and I send over like the contact sheet of like all the images for them to pick through I actually give my favorite so I give my opinion mm -hmm. as well because I know sometimes when you're looking at like three four five hundred pictures of your own face Oh my gosh. It's so daunting. Plus, we're not used to seeing what our actual faces look like. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've always got a filter on Instagram. We've always got a face tune somewhere or we've done a little bit of a skin brush ourselves. Like, I mean, I'm a victim to it. But we don't actually get to see what our own faces look like. So it can be really difficult. And I'll say, that's a gorgeous headshot. They go, I, I really don't like that. And I go, I promise everyone else will like that other than you yeah yeah that's exactly what i had with mine as well and ever everyone has said use this use this use this yeah so i, I printed out and then just don't look at it and give it to yeah because it's, it's either on the wrong side of your face or yeah. you're not comfortable of like how your mouth's positioned or you go oh no my eye my eye's a bit squinty and everyone yeah. else is like what well how is your eye like i can't see that <laughs> they're like no it is trust me i'm like okay <laughs> all right then yeah yeah so i love that i love the uh, the concept of getting other people's opinions when you're choosing yes. shots. i think that's really really important i uh, always say get everyone else's opinion other than your own you be the very last person to pick your headshots mm. yeah oh that's good 
I wish I'd done that because I did exactly what you said. I just looked at pictures of my face. Yeah. Like 400 pictures of my face for hours on end. Oh, like, I did. Crazy. I, I yeah. got no one's opinion. And then the issue you have is, especially if you're looking to either change agencies or to get an agent, um, and it's an issue that I had is I had a headshot session because I was like, right, I'm going to, I need new representation. I'm going to get some headshots done so I can send them off. Sent them off and they had the meeting um, and they said, yeah, we like them, but have you got anything else? Or can like, mm. can we pick some? So I ended up then paying for an extra like six, seven images because that they didn't like the ones that I chose. So it actually yeah. ended up costing me an extra 200 pound on top of a 400 pound headshot session. Oh, very expensive. Mm. So I always say, like, if you're get everyone else's opinion, especially if you're looking for new representation, tell the agency that you've just had a headshot session done and then send them the contact sheet to help you pick. Genius. Yes, I love that. So it's like a point of contact. Mm. That's brilliant. And then you know you're getting what they want. Exactly. And it mm. makes them feel like they're involved. Yes. Yeah, I love that. That actually, that's not a really good point that I wanted to ask you as well. Um, so you said in terms of getting new headshots when you're looking for new representation, what are kind of the main points in your life that you think you should get new headshots? You know, is it always every time you change agents? Is it just when you get older, when you get a haircut? Um, I think the younger you are when you graduate, the mm. more you're going to need them. Yeah. Um, for example, if you graduate at the age of 18, you're definitely not gonna look like you do when you're 21, 22. Mm. Um, so the younger you are, I think the more regularly you're going to need updates. Yeah. Um, it depends on how much you do change your hair. Mm. Um, for example, if you, I always in like sessions with me, I make sure like the girls they'll always have one with their hair behind their back because I know girls, we like to do drastic things and chop our hair off and yeah. then decide six months later, we hate it and we want to grow it again. That's <laughs> so true. That's actually a really good idea. That's a really good little trick. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I always like try and do at least one. So if they do chop their hair, they then can go back and they can get an image so it can last for a little bit. But mm -hmm. I mean, if you are changing your hair color from brunette to blonde and you know it's going to stay and your agent says, no, we love it blonde. Yeah, of course, you're going to need to have new headshots. Um, it's, I find that performers that are working quite frequently within the industry don't tend to update their headshots as regularly mm. um i think that's just because they know who they are so they can kind of get away with it um i mean i've got a good friend of mine and he's been been in and out of the west end since day dot and i mean his headshots are about 10 years old <laughs> <laughs> Does he still look the same as him? Have you, oh, like, absolutely not. Now? Bless him. No. <laughs> but he still gets away with it because they know his name. Whereas I, I say when you're, mm -hmm. you know, you are, cre when you are starting out within the industry and you are making a name for yourself and you, you need that rep the, the reputation, it's a, it is really important to get regular updates, especially if you do change your, your look. And mm -hmm. it, it's also important to not just go to the same photographer. I think because okay. um, I mean we all have different styles um, yeah. especially if you know I'm more suited to musical theatre and cruise ships and stage whereas 
there's other photographers like Nicholas Dorks or Christopher Mann that are more suited to TV and film. And mm-hmm. I mean, Yellow Belly, they do more grittier headshots. So I always say to people, you know, go to this person for this or go to that person for that. If you want to do commercial, go to Nick Pate. He's great. <laughs> so, mm. but yeah, so it is important to get regular updates, definitely. Yeah, brilliant. I love that. I love that so much. Do you have any, because I feel like this is quite a common thing. To be honest, it's a very common thing for me. I hate getting my photo taken. Headshots, I mean, I love the experience. I always have photos with amazing people. But to me, it's a little bit like going to the dentist. I get so self-conscious. Do you have, <laughs> do you have any tips for people that, that do get nervous for getting their headshots done to kind of relax them, get them in the zone? Tips? Um, well, I mean, in session, when I... I mean, I can chat for England, so I, I can make a conversation out of a brick wall. I, I swear, mm-hmm. I've had conversations with a wall. Um, so it's also, yeah. being, it's also being comfortable enough with, it, with your photographer. And I mean, sometimes, and I get it, when I first had mine, it's a very daunting experience. It, you, you stand there and you shake the hand, you go through tops, and then you sit on a stool, and then it's, they're taking photos of your face. It's, it's odd. Um, but I always just say that it's a relationship you can build with a photographer. Don't feel scared to drop us. Now it's a slide into your DMs. Um, it's now an Instagram thing where you can message us on social media or you can just pop us an email. We're not, we're, we're humans. So we, 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 we will chat to you if you want to have a phone convo beforehand and you want to go through your options. Great, go for it. Um, most people, when they're in a room with me, though, as soon as they get into the studio, they see me and I've got my hair like in a bun. I've got no makeup on. I've got my gym <laughs> leggings on still. I'm either like munching into like a wrap or I've got like my cup of tea. Like people kind of, they forget after a while. And I prefer sessions with me to feel like it's a friend taking a photo rather than it be really strict and business and conveyor belty. Yeah. Oh, I like that kind of. Yeah, that approach, just being super chill, hanging out with a friend. Yeah. Oh, and music. Music is key. Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah. I tend to blast out the 90s tunes. Oh, do you? I was going to ask, yeah. do you sometimes tailor music for different people, being like, oh, yeah, I think they'll feel chill with this one? Yeah, it depends on, it depends on my mood, though, as well. I did mm. have one client who wanted Christmas tunes in October. That would be me, to be fair. I love Christmas. That yeah. Was so it, was, yeah. It, was, it was okay until I heard Mariah Carey about three or four times on repeat <laughs> um or sometimes i'll put some musical theater on because i'm having a stagey day mm-hmm. but yeah. that like the the tone of the tone of the songs that will come on are just completely wrong to what we're trying to achieve trying to achieve like a mamma mia vibe and like one day more comes on i'm like oh <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I always love, you know, those stage days, putting on a, a music theatre playlist. Yeah. Anytime a Lay Miz song comes on, I'm always kind of like, I love that show with all my heart. But it's just not really what you want in a music theatre playlist. No. <laughs> no. no. It's really nice. I always find acoustic music works quite well. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. Amazing. Do you, what's your preference in terms of people getting their makeup done for them for headshots or doing their own? Do you have any thoughts on that and getting their hair done and things? Um, there are photographers that do do that. Um, I know Franklin and Bailey do, and it works really, really well for them. Um, and I mean, their work's always gorgeous. Um, I personally, 
I have worked with makeup artists before on shoots. The difficult thing is, though, is it, yes, it helps us as a photographer because sometimes you'll do your makeup and under studio lights, it just doesn't reflect. Or, for example, you're wearing way too much highlighter or the lipstick colour that you've got on isn't the right shade. Or for men's grooming, like we, it's easier when a makeup artist can help with men's grooming but sometimes it can actually detract from how you actually look yeah um because i mean i know when i've had my makeup done by a makeup artist i've looked beautiful but it's not been the same when i've done it myself <laughs> yeah that makes and you sense. can't recreate it as well mm. um so hair wise i mean i remember when i got my headshots done i actually went to a hairdresser's and i got my hair done but I always just say, just really be specific when you go in for your appointment to what you actually want and what you want to achieve. Don't go in and just say, I just want a blow dry. Because you mm -hmm. will, you'll come out looking like an Essex, Essex goddess. <laughs> Which might be what you want. Oh, exactly. It might be what you want <laughs> for certain castings, but not for everything, I suppose. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So in terms of makeup, do you find, you know, just as natural as possible... And yeah, I always say start the most natural you're physically willing to go. Mm. Don't just come up to the... I've had girls and guys before come to... I mean, it's more the girls, but I've had girls come to a session before with nothing on because to them that's natural. Mm. And I say to them, would you ever, would you ever not wear makeup? Mm. They say, no, I'd always like wear at least like mascara and like do my eyebrows. It's like, great, well, do your mascara and do your eyebrows. Your natural is what you would physically do as natural. Some yeah. people say natural is just fresh-faced. And for some people it is, but not for everyone. And yeah. then from there, I always say, well, then we can build it up and we can build throughout the session. And don't feel scared to ask your photographer, oh, is it okay if I can just put a lipstick on? Or can I just put some eyeshadow on? and Or can I put some more bronzer on or blusher on or ask them oh does it look okay without this or does it look okay with this because sometimes we see so many people coming through the door we will just zone into the photo and we'll get so fixated on what the lighting's doing and how you're being positioned and making sure that you look great and for us we don't know you so mm -hmm. we know you for that session but we don't know the ins and outs of of how you are day to day and everything else so it's up to you guys to kind of tell us yeah yeah so communicate as much as exactly possible, as it, exactly tip. it's communication mm. yeah and i really like the idea as well of kind of coming and then layering and putting more on once you're there yeah. if you want to I think that's it's really easier it's a lot easier for photographers especially with retouching it's a lot easier to add than it is to take mm. away yeah that makes so much sense so possibly go just a little bit less than you feel like you might want to yeah, do exactly but then yeah, when you come in again, communicate, like you said, say, I do want to have a bit more. What exactly. <laughs> and I mean, we, we, we retouch skin. So we retouch yeah. spots. We retouch dewiness. We retouch the eyes, the lips, the hair. So if it's not completely perfect, that's fine. It doesn't have to be. It obviously helps if it is, but it's not, <laughs> the, it's not the end of the world. But if it's caked on it's really, really difficult to take that away, 
especially yeah. if you've got way too much eyeliner on or if you've got way too much clumpy mascara or your lips are all cracked and dry because you've just layered on lip after lip, which we've all done for auditions. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, so been there. Yeah, so been there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, that's a really, really good tip. Oh my gosh, thank you. Do I have any more? Oh, oh yes, okay, this is a bit of a fun one. I think it's my last question, actually. We've like smashed through these. Hey. We've done really, really well. Have I missed anything? Yeah, okay, I've got one more, a bit of a fun one. If you could photograph anything other than faces oh. or people, what would it be? Probably, mm. I'd love to have a crack at shooting pets. Pets? Yeah, and I have oh. thought about, and I have thought about it um i have thought about shooting like because obviously now with my studio i've got the option now to shoot more than just yeah. people uh, headshots if i want to i mean i've thought about going into like corporate headshots um and i mean corona has kind of like helped me do that um and just think about other things that i can kind of do within the space and the skill set that i've kind of now got mm -hmm. um but yeah, I've always wanted to kind of shoot pets, but I know just because I love dogs in general. And I mean, oh. I don't know if I'd want a cat through the door, but I'd want a dog. <laughs> so not necessarily pets, but dogs. Yeah, dogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I want one myself. I mean, before this year, I was very tempted and I still am to get a studio dog. Oh my gosh. That would, yeah. that would chill people out. Yeah. I know. And I really want a sausage dog called Frodo. <laughs> so why a sausage dog and why Frodo? Obviously Frodo from Lord of the Rings. Well, um, well A, because obviously Frodo is a hobbit and and dash hounds are small. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, you see <laughs> yeah. the connection. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, well, I would love a big dog. So I'm from Devon. Mm. And we've got masses of just open space and beautiful fields and beaches. And I would love a big, like, lolloping dog that just jumps all over you. But in London, you don't have the space for that kind of thing, nor do you have the time to walk a dog for two, three, four hours a day sometimes, mm. depending on how hyperactive they are. Yeah. So i said oh i really want a a small small dog not necessarily a lap dog but like a, a small medium-sized dog that i can kind of take for emotional support and i'm trying to convince my landlord at the moment and i'm saying it's an emotional support dog yeah cheering on that massively <laughs> massively cheering you on that's yeah so and i i like sausage dogs because they're they're cute and they're small and it's not a chihuahua and I feel like they've got character too. Yeah, yeah. It's either that or I'm gonna get a King Charles Cavalier, I think, because I like cocker spaniels. Oh, I love cocker spaniels too. I do. Oh my gosh. I do. But yeah, I mean that would chill, chill, chill everyone out in a session with a, with a pet dog, I suppose. But I yeah, so pets. for me, if I was gonna shoot something else, it would be pets. I love that. I've yes. tried weddings and I don't like it. Okay, fair. Um, but yeah, it'd be pets. That's a great answer. That's even better than what I thought you were going to say. I was thinking you would say plants because I know you like photographing plants in, in Bali, didn't you say? Yeah, no, I love owning plants. Fair. Plastic, though. <laughs> then you can't kill them, can you? No, I know. I'm awful at looking after plants. Awful. Oh, 
Yeah, same here. Same here. We've got cactuses. Cacti? Cactuses? Yeah. We've got three of them, and that's it. Everything else is plastic, so I'm right there with you. <laughs> well, Charlotte, thank you so much. It's been the biggest joy in the world. You're very um, welcome. For people that are wanting to find you, reach out, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so obviously I've got my Instagram. I'm most active on there. Um, strangely, that's where I get most of my clientele now. Mm. Um, I think the world of like business is kind of changing really onto Instagram, definitely. I mean, I had a friend of mine, I know he's probably, he might be Salon, but he um, just sent me a TikTok. He was like, I've just done my first TikTok. What do you think? And I was like, oh, he caved. <laughs> caved. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, I'm tempted to do a TikTok, but I don't know what I would do. Um, uh, but actually, to be fair, I've got a photographer that I'm doing a live stream for tomorrow. And she does quite a few TikToks and it's like behind the scenes and before and afters. And she's a fashion and influencer um, photographer. So that'll be quite fun. That is um, so I think it's yeah. a great way, like you say, behind the scenes. Everyone loves to see what happens behind the scenes. Yeah, people. they do. Um, mm -hmm. Adam, Adam Hills, especially for photographers that are kind of starting out, Adam Hills does quite a lot of lighting setup behind the scenes oh, for people to kind of watch. Um, so that helped me when I first started um but i always just say just find a tunnel get a reflector get a little camera it doesn't have to be expensive and just start taking photos mm. see where you go yeah and asking friends just oh it. yeah asking Ask friends it. and just be confident at doing it i love that oh i love that so much you are a joy and a half oh, goodness, cool. thank you so much for coming on it's been such a pleasure to meet you and get to yeah and you stuff. and have a lovely evening thank you so much thank you bye, bye. So that is the gorgeous Charlotte. Now what I'm going to do, I'm going to put the link to her website in the notes for this episode. And I'm also going to put her Instagram handle as well. Definitely go check her out. She's got amazing, gorgeous headshot photos on there. But also she does a lot of other interviews with creators in the industry as well. So definitely go check her out and hope you'll have the most wonderful, sparkly day.